Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Cloak and Dagger has a release date set for June. Tom Holland may actually be in the Venom movie, and Spider-Man 2 is casting for a femme fatale. All that, immediately following these messages. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. What is happening, Jeff Randall? Oh, not much, sir. How you doing today? Man, doing good, doing good. Glad we'd be finally on the cast. We we tried to get together last week, and this time it's my fault. I had strep throat and couldn't talk. How dare you? It was rough. Um, it's all really, your fault. Had a really hard week. Uh, I ended up getting strep throat, uh, and you know, as a vocalist, that's like the worst thing to get. Um, and then I had my album release parties were all this week. Uh, the album comes out February 1st. Um, but the release parties were all last week, and, and we got one more Saturday, uh, and, and doing them in different cities or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, man, uh, just after singing four nights in a row with strep throat, my voice was just, like, completely shredded. It was a rough week. Uh, how many get... people How many people were like, I hope that the album is better than this? <laughs> well, the good thing is I was able to really, like, kind of pull it off. Nobody really noticed, but I could tell how much more effort it was to sing those notes, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. I'm pretty good at, like, singing with a compromised voice. Uh, it's not really not something you're supposed to do, or, but sometimes you just get in those situations where, oh, it's someone's wedding, and they don't have a backup, and I have to do this. And I've just, I've done enough of that that, like, I can sing through sickness pretty well, but it just, it ends up hurting by the end. <laughs> right, it is not ideal. Yeah, definitely not ideal, but... I made it through. Uh, I'm still sick, but I've only got two shows this week, so um, that's a lot a lot easier on me than uh, <laughs> the, the the four shows of last week. Actually, it's five, counting Tuesday. Anyway, yeah, so, well, so so five shows on top of ridiculousness. We'll ridic- try to keep it to two shows of this. this yeah, week. we're gonna do two. We're gonna do two <laughs> of these episodes. Uh, this news episode and a shield episode. Um, so let's get to some news, man. Okay. Come on, man. What you want to What you want to talk about first? You want to talk about stuff coming out in June? Yeah, man. Because Cloak and Dagger has a release date set. They put out a promo, and with that promo came a release date. Yeah, did you that watch? Did you watch the date. Uh, Did you watch the teaser? Of course, I watched the teaser. I watched I, the teaser like five times. I liked it, man. It, it, you it, know how I am. It had a good feel to it. It had a really like it had a it had a runaways feel. It to did. It, it did. I, I wasn't gonna say that exactly because one of our Somebody wrote that in and said that exactly. Um, oh, did they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then it's but, not just me. Yeah, no, no, it definitely did. It definitely felt similar in quality and uh, sort of vibe to Runaways. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it might not have as much, like, production going into it, like, dollars-wise, but, you know, smaller cast, different powers, And no dinosaur, so... No, yeah, no no completely computer-generated dinosaur. Yeah, that the, the dinosaur was pretty great. Like, they really killed it with the dinosaur. They did. I, I like the transition between the puppet dinosaur, like, the, the animatronics bit that they were using, and then also uh, the CG bits that they used. Like, it was a good... It was relatively seamless. Yeah, I, I liked it. Not sure how much we discussed the dinosaur, but I just I was very impressed. <laughs> yeah. Old Lace was pretty awesome. They did a good job of knowing their knowing their limitations and using it sparingly enough, but like using it enough that I felt like there was a dinosaur involved. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> she is driving around with a dinosaur in the back. I, I can tell. I can tell that. Yeah, it was That cool. is happening right now. Was, <laughs> they was... just, they made a dinosaur. Yeah, man. Totally. It's not so, CGI. Cloak it's a real Dagger. dinosaur. Cloak and Dagger looks good. Yeah. Um, different show. Different show. It's funny. Um, I was watching... Uh, I watched a video just because it auto-played after, and uh, the way they meet in comics is he tries to steal her wallet, or, or goes to steal her wallet, and yep. then and then it turns to they turn they turn that around in the series. They, in the little trailer they showed, uh, or the little scene that's going around, she tries to steal his wallet, and succeeds for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, which was nice. I don't know, you know, it's a little it's a good uh, turn. It's a good turn. Having the yeah, you know. It's a little less stereotypical than the way the comics yeah. did it. It's it's slightly less racist. Yeah, not that that one action by <laughs> itself was would be racist, but it definitely definitely trying to turn the trope on its head a little bit and yeah, have, yeah, not have the black guy be the criminal, <laughs> have the little white <laughs> the little white blonde girl be the criminal. I like it. <laughs> yeah, little we white blonde more... girls can be criminals too. We need more white blonde girl criminals in television. <laughs> right, we need more good. <laughs> Uh, role models for young white girls, <laughs> right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, it's just it's it's good to see like there's not that just default, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's anyway. that's, all I'm, that's all I'm getting at. Yeah, that, and I'm agreeing. It's so just this in a really stupid way. This next piece, <laughs> this next piece of news is scaring me a bit. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a little it's a little odd, but reportedly. There's a rumor uh, that Tom Holland may actually be in Venom. Uh, he reportedly has been seen on set. Um, and, I mean, it's it's been... This is coming from John Schnepp of Movie Talk uh, on Collider. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know so where they got that, their information, but yeah, it sounds like some, yeah. someone's reporting or has seen him on set or something. Uh, but that, I don't know, man. Uh, what do you think? What are you? What are your thoughts on on the, if it's true? Uh, we don't know that it is, but if it's true, it's. I mean, if it's true, then they're going about it all wrong. The like, it, Venom is supposed to be a horror movie, and honestly, you, you can't have Venom without Spider Man. Because and it's it's not even that like it's because he's you know, his greatest foe or whatever, their nemeses, like, that's not it. Venom is who he is because of his time attached to Peter Parker. Like, the black suit symbiote, like, right. that, that Spider-Man, like, that's the reason Venom is like he is. And to just dive right into Venom immediately is not great. Like, I Absolutely. was already on the fence about the movie. It's not great. But then you're just kind of shoehorning this... 15 year old spider-man in there like he's not ready for that yeah it's a it's a it's it's the same classic mistake we've seen with so many movie studios where they want to get to the cool part of the story um just like yeah well i mean yes dc is definitely the biggest uh the biggest uh you know uh has had the biggest offender (laughs) biggest offender that's a great word for it um, they're the biggest defender in this. Like they want to get to the cool part of the story. They want to get to the Justice League. They want to get to the uh, Batman fighting Superman. Which sh- Batman fighting Superman happens way on into their you know uh, <laughs> the, the, the 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 story that's based on is like way on into Batman and Superman lore. Like yeah, you have to you have to bi- take deep. the time to build these stories 
before you have those cool moments, before you earn them. And Venom is supposed to be introduced as a symbiote that works with Spider-Man, and then turn, they turn against, you know, Spider-Man turns against the symbiote, then they, then he gets a new host, and then, they, then they're, they're, they're enemies. Um, if they're just trying to get to the cool part and have a, have a scary Venom story, but they're not willing to build the weight around it, I mean, yeah, it'll be fine, but it's not going to be the same story. It's not going to be the Venom story. It's not going to be the Venom that it should be. Exactly. We're all going to be like, who's Venom? Like, why do we care? Um, <laughs> why does he have spider powers? If he does, and if he doesn't have spider powers, it's just a different character. And I mean, they can do it, and they can do it well, um, but it just smacks of the classic movie studio problems with these movies, with with superhero movies where they don't take the time to build the characters. The only way, and it's it's just too late. Like, this Venom movie is supposed to come out, like, next year? There's already yeah, being set photos. it's coming up. It's, I mean, they're filming. For, it, filming to be, right for now. it to be the way it was, like, we'd have to see symbiote Spider-Man in Avengers. Like, that, that'd be the only way that this Actually, could work. no. Scrap that. The film is supposed to come out October 5th this year. Yeah, exactly. So the only, the only Spider-Man movie we've got, the only Spider-Man we will have between now and then is in the Avengers movie. And I doubt they're going to take the time to tell the Venom, not not just have the symbiote reach Earth, but, like, we had talked about that, the fact that, like, he's good, they're going off to space. We could get the symbiote introduced in, in, in Avengers Infinity War. That, that could be, that could happen. But then to have them tell the story of the Venom symbiote, of how, of how it's his new suit, and then he loses, and then he gets rid of it, like, all that is not going to be told in Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> no, it can't. There's way too much else going on. Yeah. Like, you the, you can't cram that story in along with it. Like, we're we're shocked that he's wearing the uh, the the Stark suit, like, the, the Iron Spider suit. Yeah. The one that, that was shown at the end of, of Homecoming that was shown in the trailer. Like, holy crap, he's wearing that. Well, and, like, and, you know, th- yeah, that's interesting, and it's like... A suit is just a suit. I mean, we've seen Iron Man change suits tons of times, and they they don't even really mention it. They're just like, oh, this is mock whatever. We're we're, we're moving on. New suit, new suit, da-da-da. But yeah. to have the Venom symbiote, the symbiote is a character. You have to introduce yeah. it, and you have to have it have effects on Peter, and you have to have him, like, waking up in random places and, like, not knowing what he's been doing. and like. Um, yeah, you have to show the effects it's having on him and show the... You you have to show the character turn for him to go. Oh God, I've been bad. I have to get rid of this. Yeah, and that's like, just not a Spider Man we're ready for yet. Yeah, and I mean he's fifteen. It's way too soon for Venom. Way yeah. too early. It it is. I mean, I could see them doing it, but like, there's just no time to do it before this Venom movie comes out. And we've talked about it in the past. Maybe this Venom movie is t- is like set in the future a little bit, or. Uh, it could be a different timeline, but the, just the fact that Tom Holland's going to be in it makes it all sound like they're sound just like the same old movie studio stuff. And I'm, and I, I don't know that Feige's involved at all. It doesn't sound like he is, or any of the Marvel folks are involved. So it just seems like, yeah, there's been uh, contention on that. Like Feige has said, no, it's not part of it. Amy Pascal of of Sony is just like, oh, it is, but it's not. Like we can kind of say it is because you know it's Spider Man, but like it's not really. And then now there's reports that um, that Peter Parker, not necessarily Spider-Man, is in it. Like, Tom Holland was spotted on set, apparently, reportedly, uh, as Peter Parker, not as Spider-Man. Okay, man, it just sounds... It's all over the place. 
I mean, this Venom movie just seems like a bad idea. Like that's yeah. uh, like from the <laughs> yeah. from the yep. from the get go, we're just not ready for it. And stop trying to separate villains from their heroes that define them. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just no. Yeah. So that's 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 my take on it. Anyway, I don't think I don't think it's even that original of a take. Everybody, I think, feels that way right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I think the uh, the the collective public who pay attention to these things are just kind of holding their breath because like the general public is gonna go oh venom you mean that that bad thing that was in that third spider-man movie the shitty spider-man movie right like that's what the public has in their minds on venom like you you can't just go straight from that into this movie and hope that people will be like oh yeah no it's cool it's venom like it it doesn't work like that you can't just slap an R rating on it and then completely change the story. Like, try to shoehorn in Agent Venom, almost. Like, there have been photos where Tom Hardy is seen uh, wearing, like, what looks kind of like military right. uh, attire. And you're like, okay, so is it is it Agent Venom? Is he going for the, for the Flash Thompson look? Like, what is... I don't know. I don't. I don't. Mm. It's, it's frustrating. Just, it's movie studios. It's really frustrating. It, it just feel. It always feels like there's movie studios trying to get to the like coolest panels of the comic book, uh, but the reason they're cool is because you have uh, you have time built into them. You know. Yeah, that's actually something that uh, that uh, a company. I cannot remember their name. They recently did a study to see why the MCU is doing so much better than the DCEU. And I'm not using this as like, oh, this proves my point. The The study was shown that people reacted, like this measure, like heart rate and, and facial feature changes and whatnot. It, it was basically showing that people reacted more positively to characters that have an established connection to the audience rather than the spectacle. So yeah. you have to earn it with the characters. The characters have to earn the story as well as you have to earn it with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it does not take a study for me to know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when I read real... the article about it, I was just like, well, I could have told you that. Like, we've been talking about this for like a year at least. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it since... The the reason this show exists is because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a big sprawling tale that is building on top of each char- each character we know is being built by each new character and like it, it, the story is building on top of itself. Um, yeah. And 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 we, when you just try to jump to something else, uh, something you know, something cool without trying to like build the characters, it just doesn't work. So we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe it'll. Maybe it will. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll. It could be a great standalone story, but it just won't be the venom that we know. Yeah. And another thing, um, like with Silver and Black, the the uh, Silver Sable and Black Cat story, that is supposed to happen. Again, that's that's just a straight Sony thing. But I think that's supposed to happen in the Venom verse as well. Um, but there's also talk of like Michael Mando, the guy who was uh, Matt Gargan in Spider-Man Homecoming, the guy who eventually becomes Scorpion. Apparently, he's it's been rumored that he's going to show up in Silver and Black. So, like, are these movies part of the MCU or are they not? And are you trying to earn that story or are you trying to just jump to it? Like, right. And wait, is... wait, 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 which character is supposed to show up? I'm sorry. 
Matt Gargan, the guy who eventually becomes Scorpion. Have we met him? Yeah, he was uh, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming, and he had the thing on his arm after Spidey sent him to jail off of the um, the ferry. Oh, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I love that. I love that actor. Sorry, I totally totally forgot he played Matt Gargan. Um, I forget. <laughs> I just forgot that name. Um, yeah. So. I, yeah, that, that's that's weird. That is definitely weird. It just seems like they're trying to Sony's trying to tie it in, and I don't know that Marvel is approving of that. And it makes me nervous that this whole thing is gonna, this whole Spider-Man deal is gonna cause like a weird offshoot of the MCU that is technically in the same universe because it has all the same actors, and um, and then they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna be properly made. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, now. I bring up Silver and Black because apparently there is a casting call right now for a femme fatale uh, that's going to be in Spider-Man 2, like the the unti- the still untitled sequel for Spider-Man Homecoming. And they think it might and, be one of the two from Silver and Black. Yeah, we think that it might be Black Cat, specifically because they're looking to cast a European actress in her 20s to play the role of a femme fatale. Are we, is, is little Tom Holland ready for a... <laughs> <laughs> for a 20-year-old European femme fatale? I just don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. That's kind of how I feel about it, too. Like, I don't know that little bitty Tom Holland he's is be ready a, for that kind of a story he's yet. He's going to be a junior in high school. And, I mean, sure, that, that's kind of a fun story, him being out there, and maybe she doesn't know how old he is, and he's like this Yeah, superhero. but that's the thing. That's the thing with Black Cat, though, is that she thought he was so cool until she found out how old he is, and she's like, oh, God, I'm a cradle robber. Uh, does she, is that in the comics? Is that how that is? Yeah, that's what it is in the comics. Okay, well, see, that, sound, that story sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, I don't... If they do that first, that's the thing, though. Like, they're, they're, they're set to start um, filming production for Silver and Black in... I think March and they haven't started doing anything for homecoming yet. Like homecoming supposed to come out, uh, like right after infinity war two, <laughs> I, the, the, the movie next year. So they should right. start production soon and they could be doing production at the same time if they get somebody now. Um, so if it is black cat, like they could be doing both of them, which would be, it could work, you know, sure. if she's as good a character in uh, Homecoming Two or whatever. Like, I just, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm like I'm hesitant to be on board with it. If if the storyline is she's a sexy film film fatale who realizes he's 15, that's hilarious. I love that. Um, yeah. If it's just like if they don't if they don't have that realization and they just like let him be, uh, you know, like romantically involved or something, that'll be weird. Um, it would be, it would be. It'll just be weird. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there's. I mean, there's also uh, there's also possibilities of other characters that it could be like uh, Jessica Drew, who was Spider Woman. Uh, she was born in Europe and she's a little bit older than Peter. But I think the most fun would definitely be Black Cat, and that's honestly that's one of the characters that a lot of people have been desperate to see. Uh, Especially since Felicia Hardy was in, if I recall, she was in other uh, other Spider-Man movies, just not as Black Cat. Right. I think that's true. So that could be that could be really fun. Um, the last thing that I've really got as far as news is that there's an Avengers Infinity War Prelude comic uh, that 
has, I don't think it's come out yet, but if it hasn't come out yet, it's coming out very soon. However, um, it kind of uh, sets the stage for everything and kind of, it, it fills in the blanks of like where everybody is. Cause that's one of the things that we've been kind of discussing is that where is everybody leading up to infinity war? Like how has everybody split up? And according to this comic, um, there's a part where Tony Stark is saying, you know, if I made the call, I'm sure Steve would answer, but would the, will that be enough? Like, I can't think of it that way. If I'm going to prepare for the end of all things, I'll have to figure out how I can do it alone. And, like, brings up schematics and, like, starts working more on the Iron Man suit and has the Spider-Man suit in the background. Uh, there's another there's another set of panels that show uh, how uh, T'Challa and, I, I believe it's his sister, are working on clearing the, um, the Hydra programming from the Winter Soldier's head. Cool. And it honestly, that looks a lot like the technology that was in um, Civil War that Tony developed, BARF. The, right. um, I think it was like biometric augmented retroframing. Right. But that technology, apparently, according to uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, is supposed to be a, a pretty big part of the next Avengers movies. Yeah, so, I heard that. I think that uh, that they could use that to kind of um, kind of try to help break that programming and get Bucky out of that, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, but I feel like that's 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 that that could definitely be how they use it. But how else are they going to use it? Because if it's a big part of not just this one, but the next two Avengers movies, how do you think they'll use that? Uh... That ability. We don't really know how the technology works. Is it just that it? Uh, we know we know how Tony was using it at the be, and it's so we're clear. This is the the technology from the beginning of Avengers: Age of Ultron, right? No, it was in Civil War. Oh, was it Civil War? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, Civil War when he's reliving the moment with his parents. Yeah, the last time he saw his dad alive. Right. So. Uh, we don't know. We don't know yet how they're using it in this movie, except for makes sense to use it for Bucky. But how does it? Yeah. How how else will they be using it? Um, well, I think, as a part of the plot, I don't know. It's interesting. I think they're using that technology, like they they say that that kind of thing informs the uh, the the coming movies. But I, what I what I honestly think is that they are not going to be using barf they're just saying that like that sort of thing that sort of thing where they can relive uh like kind of remake what they want out of reality sort of right is is going to play heavily into it not necessarily from the technology but from like the infinity gauntlet kind of doing a mirror universe or a house of m type story sure I think that that is what they're kind of misleading us toward the technology, but I think that it's going to be the Infinity Gauntlet doing that. Yeah, I thought they said the technology specifically was going to be used uh, heavily in the next two movies, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Or they, they said something about it hinting or something about what the next two movies will do. Yeah, who knows? I'm excited. I think they do, and we'll we might know soon. Well, what interests me about that is they introduce the Russos, the ones who introduced that technology in Civil War. So it's like yep. if they had an idea for using it in a bigger way in Avengers four or three and four, it's possible they introduced it in Civil War as like 
a way to lay the groundwork for what they're going to be doing in these next two movies. Just I find super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's that just hints at like a big grandmaster plan, and I, I'm all for that. <laughs> Me too. You know, because like here lately we've had. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, actually, uh, and earlier today. Um, here lately, the the Marvel movies have been like not really resolving in the movie. Like, yes, the movie ends, and yes, there is kind of a a, a denouement, sort of closure to right. them. But like, it, you know, at the end of Civil War, the team's not back together. No. Yeah, they're not on great terms. Well, and and at the end of Ragnarok, at the end of Ragnarok, Asgard is destroyed. Yeah, like there's there's these movies lately have been having consequences, which I love. Yeah, like lasting consequences that go from movie to movie. So like, Shield being Shield being destroyed at the end of Civil Shield uh, being destroyed in the Winter Soldier. Soldier, yeah. And apparently, Black Panther is going to have the same kind of feel as Winter Soldier. You know, I think maybe that's what was missing. There was definitely fallout from Ultron, but that movie felt a lot more like they wrapped it up in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it yeah. wasn't until we brought in Civil War that they were like, "Hey, Ultron has all these consequences." Like, right? Ultron that f- other movie has consequences. I think maybe since the Russos have been involved, they've started this whole like, "We're gonna let the movie end with like a pretty down note <laughs> here and there." Like <laughs> the, the team separated, Asgard's destroyed. Um, you know. It's 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 all it's all pretty interesting. I love that. I love that well, they're doing that. They, I mean, they tried to do that after the first Avengers movie with Tony having PTSD and Iron Man three, and it didn't, you know that didn't really take. Yeah, I loved. It. Didn't really, I loved it. That didn't really track that well for people, not you. Hmm. <laughs> and what you know, like it, it seems that with the Russo brothers, like after the Winter Soldier, that's when the consequences, lasting consequences, actually started being like really interesting and really really good yeah because no, I, 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 I mean you know and that's the consequences is what we talk about all the time on this show because this universe is a consistent universe that's continuing onward that's the whole point is you have consequences um yep so yeah yep yep oh man i and I'm not sure how Thanos is gonna play into agents of shield or if it even is or you know separate timelines might happen with i don't know like it's all just it's it's crazy and it's worrisome a little bit but i'm also really excited because everything has been awesome like agents of shield lately has been spectacular it has in my opinion anyway so that's really all the news i've got um if you wanted to talk about some more of the the comic panels, like uh, Cap's team didn't really stay together; they're they're kind of split up. Um, Scott went back to his family. Hawkeye went back to his. Uh, Wanda looks to be hanging out with um, the Vision in an unnamed European town city. Interesting. And it looks like he's got himself a uh, a more human. Uh, looking get up. Okay. Like he was able to shift his clothes and face into skin tones. Interesting. But he's still got like shining infinity stone in his noggin. <laughs> it's kind of hard to hold a hide an infinity stone. Yeah. Yeah. So, Don't hide your bushel. Don't then, hide your light under a bushel. Right. <laughs> you, 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 you flaunt that infinity stone. 
<laughs> and then, uh, uh, what was it? Um, Falcon and Black Widow and uh, Steve Rogers are out, like, trying to track down Chitari weapons and, and things like that and trying to uh, destroy them and make sure that nobody else can can use them for bad. Interesting. So that's that's pretty much their team. Hmm. I love when Tom Holland picks up the uh, uh, the Ultron head in uh, in, yeah. in 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 um, Homecoming. So good. Yep. Well, I think yep. uh, that's about all the news, right? Yeah, that's all the news I've got. Ooh, well, I mean, move on. To there some was feedback. one other thing. I think there was one other thing that you wanted to talk about, though. Oh, right, uh, right. as far as news. Um, Involving not necessarily MCU properties, but again MCU adjacent. <laughs> right. Um, well, the, there's the new Mutants movie that's coming out. Yep. And it was just announced that it's going to have a PG-13 rating. Yeah, but it's supposed to push the boundaries of PG-13. Yeah, except uh, from all reports <laughs> before that, it was going to be a rated R movie. Yeah, it's going to be a. Or it was supposed to be a rated R horror movie. Is what now, everybody was saying. I don't know that it was ever officially a rated R horror movie, but that's what everyone was saying up until this m- most recent report. And that could just I mean, that's be... that's what the trailer looked like. That could just be some assumptions. I mean, the trailer looked like a horror movie, that's for sure. But they, they've, they basically, they've decided to do a bunch of reshoots, um, apparently pretty extensive reshoots, and they've moved the movie back 10 months. And they've uh, decided it's going to be PG-13, um, which... Again, I don't know that it was ever officially announced as R, but it was pretty pretty well assumed by everyone it was going to be R. So the question is, is this Disney meddling with the Fox deal? I mean, I don't know. It could have been part of the terms that they you know redo the New Mutants to be more PG-13. Right. That could have been part of the terms for getting the deal through. But, I mean, it can't be... It cannot be Disney saying, "Hey, we have control now. Go ahead and start reshoots on this," because they don't like that well, they, deal. Yeah, no, they don't. Hasn't gone through yet. They don't. That it could deal be Fox isn't going to go through for like twelve to eighteen months. It could be Fox trying to make the uh, the the deal more attractive by being like, "Yeah, we can do this as a family friendly movie instead." Um, yeah, this will easily sub in for your Inhumans problem. I just hope that they're not doing. Um, I hope they're not grabbing grabbing a director in the middle of a shoot and he's made a movie one way and then they're telling him to reshoot it and make it a different way. Like that's the yeah. again, it's just classic problems we have with studios. And I just I don't I just don't like these like Marvel has been able to avoid these sorts of problems and yes, they've lost directors. Yes, they've had problems with directors, but like generally they replace the directors before they start shooting the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, they, we, we run into problems they do it before it gets to this point. We run into Justice League type problems when we uh, tell a director one thing, they start making the movie, they plan it one way, and then you know what? Let's replace all these scenes and make the movie this way now. Like, you need to go in, well, start a movie, plan with the with the end in mind. You know, like to be fair, you know, in Justice League's defense. That wasn't the studio meddling. That was Zack Snyder stepping down of his own accord because, like, his daughter died. Um, like, family problems. Yeah, well, 
I, 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 that, there's a lot of speculation about that, and I'm not saying that did not involve with the decision, obviously, um, but it's not like they had Joss Whedon come in and make the movie continue making the movie that uh, Zack Snyder was making because someone like Joss Whedon could have <laughs> could could have come in and said, "Okay, we've got this movie," because it was they had already shown this movie. They, they everybody talks about the Snyder cut because the Snyder cut does exist in some form. Um, they showed the movie to the executives and then all the shakeup happened and then they had Joss Whedon come in and remake the movie. Um, and, and I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on what's going on with their DC. You know, we don't, we don't really follow it that closely, but from everything I'm, I'm hearing, like the movie was drastically changed, both plot and tone. So it wasn't like they, they, you know, yes, Zack Snyder left for personal reasons, and that may be completely the only reason he left. But when he left, they took that opportunity to drastically change the movie. They yeah. didn't just have someone come in and finish his work. They had someone come in and drastically change <laughs> his work. It, you, you're saying it didn't feel like they told Joss Whedon, do exactly what Zack Snyder was doing, but more of it. Yeah, they, they came in and said, hey, let's take this opportunity that we, that we have uh, unfortunately been afforded by losing our director to fix these things. And, and the, a more cynical person would just straight up say, yeah, that was all an excuse and they were going to get rid of Snyder anyway. But I'm not even necessarily saying that. I just think that like, I think they definitely took the opportunity to uh, change the movie a lot. <laughs> and it's just that kind of like meddling studio meddling is, is, is a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll know more when, you know, the next few DC movies come out. But, like, Wonder Woman 2 has started production, so they're... Or, I think they've started writing. I'm not sure. They're already working on Wonder Woman 2, um, and everything else is getting kind of shaken up. Like, we're, we'll see Aquaman here soon, you know, within the next couple of years... Flash is going through some problems. Like DC's got some problems with their with their back end. So we'll see what happens whenever they figure out their direction. Yeah, totally. It just it feels like unfortunately for DC fans and for Warner Brothers, it feels like Warner Brothers is kind of figuring out how to do what they want to do as it's happening, rather than just like having a vision and going with it. Right. Well it's not even that. It's it's that they have all along decided what they wanted as late in the game as possible and have responded to every um, whim of the public. Oh, yeah. You know, that... They're basically George Lucasing it. Um, well, see, I don't know if I agree with that. George Lucas had a vision. Uh, people didn't like his vision. <laughs> and, he, and he wanted to make it more kid-friendly. Like, uh, and, I, and, and I don't think that was anyone else's vision. I, think that, I don't think that was the public wanting that. I think George Lucas like just made the movies he wanted, and they just weren't what everyone wanted them to be. But he he was the man at that point. <laughs> Grandpa Lucas coming in here screwing everything up. Well, at that point, he was the he guy. Please like, the grandkids. He was he was like deified at the point where he made the prequels, and no one would. Uh, there's there's some great documentary footage of of that where like no one will stand up to him. Like he's coming into the room being like. This is going to be great. Jar Jar, he's going to be so funny. Kids are going to love him. And everyone's like, whatever you say, George. <laughs> you are the you are the 
you know, you're the boss. You're the person who created this world. We're going to listen to everything you have to say. Um, and it's just, uh, and this is a very different thing. This is a, a, a bunch of studio people with no one in charge, no visionary. Um, like, it just, just letting, letting public opinion and how the last movie did constantly inform what they're going to do with the next movie. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, I have an interesting take on Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> but that's a movie with a rac- talking raccoon in it. Sure, James Gunn, take your vision. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> um, we'll see. You know, uh, Guardians would not have happened if Fox didn't have the rights to Fantastic Four and X-Men. That is probably true. No, like That came from James Gunn, like... If the rights to X-Men and Fantastic Four had been with Marvel, then the slate would have been completely full and there would have been no room for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that at all. And I I would say uh, that's probably true now. It probably would have been true for a few more years, but they still probably would have burned through their main characters after... Oh, yeah. They would have eventually gotten to it. Another decade of main characters that we all knew from comics. But I love that we got the experimentation uh, from Marvel with Guardians and Ant-Man... Yeah, um, and Doctor Strange. Even um, these these are obviously beloved characters from comics, but like the the general public doesn't know who any of them are, um, and then now they do. You know, yeah. I mean, even even the even the first four, uh, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America are not the A team when it came to. Well, I mean, they literally are the A team, like the Avengers. Team. <laughs> They're the Avengers um, team, but they, they were not they were not the most popular in comic books in the in the well. In the zeitgeist, in the in the public eye, like you know, yeah. they, they were not the most popular. It was Spider Man. It was always Spider Man and, and X Men. Yeah, that's it. That's Marvel. Um, and like and those, that's the Marvel properties. And then they were like Iron Man, and I'm like, really? They're they're and then Fantastic huh. Four even before all that too. Uh, Fantastic yeah, Four yeah. still had a had. And this is all based on what movies had been made up till then, you know. Um, but the, yeah. they, they chose those movies because they were the most popular content at the time marvel's done an amazing job of turning no matter what the content it doesn't matter if it's popular they tell a good story and and other other companies need to learn from marvel and just like let them tell a good story let let these people tell tell the stories that are you know essential to making these characters work yeah and as far as like unified vision and one story informing the next like feige has gone on record saying recently that he's got after the movies that they're shooting right now they've got 20 the next 20 more movies planned out wow (laughs) that's crazy yeah they've been saying it for years it's It's amazing it's like a it's like a loose it's a it's a loose amalgam of an idea of how they're gonna go you know they don't have the scripts written out obviously well they haven't made announcements yet which is important the major beats are there yeah that's great that's awesome yep I think it's time to go into some feedback, my friend. Let's do that. Let's get feedback. Uh, Before we do that, I just want to say we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, You can can find us online at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com. Call us and leave a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU, or uh, you can support the show at patreon.com slash mcucast. We've got a bunch of uh, cool stuff coming uh, a lot. We're hopefully back on track now that... Uh, Jeff is in Tampa, and I am not sick anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Or well, I am sick, but not as sick. So 
Let's not too sick to, to podcast. Yeah, not too sick to podcast. I can actually speak. Um, <laughs> it was so bad. We were supposed to cast. What was it? Mm, Sunday, Saturday, or Sunday? We were supposed to cast, and and I woke up and I just like was literally like, I can't talk like this. <laughs> it was rough. I know it was. It was sometime during the week last week because I had uh, I had decided oh, that's to work right. from home. You from that home. Day. It was Thursday or Friday. And I just so I could, and like, I couldn't talk, kind of, and I still had shows those that Friday and Saturday night I had shows, so I had to like somehow rest my voice to try to sing that night for three hours, and I couldn't even speak it during the day. It was crazy. Um, I hate waking up, and it's like I know I have to. Sing. <laughs> I hate waking up too, man. <laughs> it's like I know I have to sing, and I know I have to sing in eight hours, and I can't talk right now. What am I gonna do? Um, Panic. How am I gonna do this? But panic. Yep, and that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> the whole time just panicked just non-stop um okay <laughs> right, well, let's get into so, dive into this feedback my friend deneff said to us on twitter adam's ucast my take on the cake it looks like there are four hands widow hulk black panther and spider-man the last two holding up the corner hmm. and that's the uh the the cake. Yeah, there's a thanos cake Russo's uh, took a picture. I'm not seeing. Uh, I'm not seeing the ones that he's talking. They're talking about. Uh, I mean, widow. Widow is, is clear. Obvious. Widow is clear. I don't see Hulk, uh, Black Panther, and Spider Man. Spider Man, maybe. You know what? I guess that could be Spider Man's red hand, and then uh, Black Panther's, Panther's claws. claws. But it looks to me like that is the same hand. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and I still don't know it, who that other. It looks to me like a very large red hand, and I don't get where they're saying Hulk. There's like a brownish arm on one side. So, so, so yeah, we were talking about it last week, but it's the the wrap cake, not just for this uh, movie, but for Infinity War uh, or for Avengers Four. So we were thinking maybe this cake would give us some insight into what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> And I and I still think it might. I still think we might look back at this cake in two years and be like, "Oh, I see yeah. now." <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I like I like the imagery of it being like, you know, two tiers. One has uh, like everything breaking through from the bottom, so it could be these few breaking through that reality to Thanos's reality. Yeah, yeah, that could be. So that. That that helps my House of M theory, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally, yep. Yep, it's House of M. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Avengers 4 is House oh, of that's M. that's who that red glove is. That's Magneto. Yeah, exactly. See? <laughs> Boom! Nailed it. <laughs> Boom, nailed it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Randy SF 45 said to us on Twitter, Has anyone heard anything recently about Marvel's Cloak and Dagger? Yes, we did. Just talked about it. You're welcome. Yeah, it's uh, June seventh. <laughs> June seventh. June seventh. June seventh, and uh, the the first uh, teaser is out for it. A little first first premiere take or whatever. Uh, no, they had a they had a trailer last year. Yes, that's true. Uh, I, I, I was trying to the... think of the word I'm looking for. The scene. It's it's like a sneak peek. Sneak peek. That's the what they word. It. Thank you. Yeah. So it's coming out Thursday, June seventh at eight p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 8 p.m. Pacific as well. Uh, so I guess the re-air or whatever. Okay. But that's three days after my birthday. Woo! Happy birthday to me. That's right. Thanks, Marvel. Love you, too. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Sir Hotbod. 
<laughs> said he was on Twitter. <laughs> Love that name, Sir Hot Bob. <sighs> Adams, you cast my relatively easy solution to your Magneto timeline issue. Make slowing the aging process part of his powers. Explain it away with one line of exposition. So we had a couple a couple notes on this. And I think that that is absolutely a comic booky way to make it work. The problem is oh, yeah. by having someone slow the aging process, you introduce all kinds of other problems or uh, not even problems, just aspects to the character that change the character. Um, for one thing, if you want him to have a similar relationship with Charles, you also have to have Charles have a slower aging process, and then you get to yeah. the point where like. Then they become more almost like vampires or gods because they like live forever. Because <laughs> um, if they're living like 130, 140 years, they have, have they'll have a completely different perspective on life, um, and that goes for Charles and Magneto. If you want this all to kind of maintain its same framework, it's it's not a bad idea. Like obviously it'll work, but it it, uh, it yeah. just changes things. Uh, there's no unintended uh, consequences. My knee jerk response to it is that. That would be a pretty cool idea, but it would need to be, like you're saying, uh, a kind of a blanket thing, um, like a blanket statement of like somebody saying, oh, it's cool how this X gene is, you know, causing the uh, the, the aging process to slow in all mutants. Sure. But I think that that really drastically changes a lot of characters because if every, and I think, I think in the comics, I think it is kind of true that people with power seem to live longer. It seems like anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely, like, obviously, some with regeneration, like Wolverine or, or whatnot. But the the um, there's <laughs> there's just something to be said for like you 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 change as a character if you're that old. People yeah. people change as they age. People learn. They become wiser. Um, <laughs> they become less impetuous, less young. And I think part of Magneto's character is that he is still kind of. Um, he has sort of a youthful rebellion within him that I think is interesting, even in his older age. And if you make him 130, it just changes that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say what would be exactly perfect for, you know, keeping that uh, that World War II uh, consequence, I guess, or that, that World War II effect on his on his psyche. Absolutely. Uh, as as part of it, you know. Anyway, uh, Levi of Birdie <laughs> on Twitter said, "Random question: When the wolf bit the Hulk, some of the blood got in the water, which could possibly create the MCU's Planet Hulk, right?" Um, I I, I didn't really get what Levi was getting at here because isn't Planet Hulk just the storyline where he goes off and creates, kind of takes over a planet? <laughs> it's a well, yeah, it, that was. That's what he did with Sakaar. Yeah. Um, he so I don't think it has anything just, to do with him, like, getting his blood in the water. But yeah. it's more, it's it's not a planet of Hulks. It's a planet that Hulk just kind of takes takes over. <laughs> but Hulk planet. That would be awesome. There is definitely um, precedent for uh, planet Hulk, or for, for Hulk's blood getting in the water to be a problem. Uh, it killed Stan Lee in one of the movies. But. I think it hospitalized him. Oh, did it? More okay. than more than killed him. Um, yeah, because that was how uh, that was how they found Edward Norton's yeah. Hulk or Edward Norton's Bruce Banner in the bottling company in Brazil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Although I don't think that that's going to be an issue because it was in the waters in Asgard and Asgard's kind of um, not there anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's okay. I think it's all right. Uh, Thomas McNeil said to his follow-up comment after the World War, I'm sorry, after the Wolverine Cap World War 11 movie because that's two ones and not two eyes. Uh, so that's World War 11. All right. All um, right. All right. Follow-up comment <laughs> to our conversation about Wolverine and Cap in a World War II movie. Okay. The following year, they do a 1960s Fantastic Four movie that leads to them time traveling. In this movie, we get a 1960s Agent Carter, Howard Stark, Hank Pym, a bad Winter Soldier, and maybe even Black Panther's father. I think introducing both Wolverine and the Fantastic Four this way helps cement them into the MCU. And it might just be me, but the more Agent Carter, Howard Stark, and additional role characters helps make the MCU what it is. Having Agent Carter and Ant-Man really helped tie the movie in. Yeah. Totally agree. I, I, I do think it would be really cool to have the Fantastic Four start in the 60s. Um, yeah, and, it would. And maybe be involved with Hank Pym and all that other stuff. Uh, now that we know that Hank Pym uh, was in existence and doing his thing and related to Agent Carter and Stark and all this stuff was going on, like it just opens up the possibility there was a lot of other secret stuff going on back then. Really does it? Really, it opens the door for more period pieces. Also, it opens the door for more out of time characters. Which yes, Cap's become a little too acclimated. He doesn't make the stupid. Uh, he doesn't make as many uh, stupid, silly references. Yeah, he doesn't do flying monkey jokes anymore. Oh my gosh, I was listening to Fat Man on Batman this 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 week, and there's a great uh, Kevin Smith told a great little Twitter story about. Um, have you see Mallrats? Yeah. Uh, apparently, like a billion times. Apparently, um, apparently, uh, gosh, what's his name? Chris Evans. Uh, Chris Evans was making fun of someone on Twitter, and he said, "He said it looks like you're just standing there, staring at the magic eye poster, waiting to see the sailboat." <laughs> um, Chris Evans said that on Twitter, and uh, yes, <laughs> and and Kevin Smith nope. responded with, "Hey, I get that reference." Ah, which is a Captain America funny. quote, which yeah. I thought was one of the best little Twitter, uh, you know, interactions ever. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what Twitter's supposed to be used for. Yeah, that right there. Not like social platforms of any sort or political platforms. It's supposed to be used for making jokes like that happen. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh my god, you don't know how happy I am. <laughs> I get the reference. I just love that. It's so <laughs> you, good. You dumb bastard. It's not a schooner. It's, it's a sailboat. <laughs> ah, it's such a great movie. Anyway, yep. uh, another great name emailing us. Dr. Suicide 1436. <laughs> hey, Jeff and Matt. My name is Tyler, and I'm a diehard MCU podcast fan, and I have a question for you. If you were Kevin Feige... Who would you choose to direct the MCU Fantastic Four movie, and who would you cast in it? Ooh. Thank you. That's that's a hard decision. That's a lot. That's a lot of hard decisions. It's not just one. Yeah, that's that's at least four hard decisions uh, just for casting, and then that's another tough decision for direct. Mm. Um, because yeah. Trying to think of who I would, I would. I'd take everybody who worked on Mad Men. On Just Mad throw Men, throw them all in there. Interesting. Yeah, and no way, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would not. Uh, I would not be down with that. Uh, okay. Just from a writing and directing standpoint, I, I, Mad Men's <laughs> great. 
And yes, it's a period piece. They do a wonderful job with the period piece of part, part, yeah. part of it, but uh, not so much with the. <sighs> you got to have somebody who's good working with an ensemble cast because it's about the team. It's not about any individual people. The uh, the guy who directed The Incredibles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There it is. The guy who directed. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I that might as well be the Fantastic it, Four. Well, right that's there. what everybody says, and I mean, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think of who has done a great uh, team up family style movie, um, and and yeah, that's 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 that's, that's them, you know. Um, that's yep. You know, everybody talks about Trank and his Fantastic Four, and you know, you look at you look at his movies before that, and like uh, Chronicle. Was not a good family movie. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't a movie about. Oh them no, coming Chronicle together. was dark as hell. Yeah, and it's a. It's about them in alienating each other, and and like you, the, the 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 hardest part of making a good Fantastic Four movie is making that the them feel like d- different people who come together as a family. Um, yeah. and so that's what I would be looking for. In a director, oh, shit. Um, and, and and Incredibles maybe 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 too easy. Um, I'm trying. No, I'm trying no, to that's perfect, a, dude. Well, it's a, Brad Bird. Yeah, Br- Brad Bird is his name. Yeah, that's right. And the he did the Iron Giant, which was amazing. Right. He did the Incredibles. He did Ratatouille, and then he did Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Oh, really? He directed that. Yeah, he directed Ghost Protocol. He also did uh, Tomorrowland. Interesting. So, like, he's done some big budget actiony type movies, but he's also done The Incredibles. Yeah, and, and obviously, and the Iron Giant is the most, uh, and he's working on The Incredibles too. Yeah, he's the most applicable to what he's doing, but I, or most, most applicable here. Uh, but I do think there is something different about The Incredibles in that The Incredibles is about a family who is already a family, although they start out sort of like it, it, focused on their own lives and they come together. Um, yeah, so so I, I guess I'll stick with Brad Bird, but I but I <laughs> but I I'm trying to think of someone who's like made a great movie about people who don't know each other who come together as family. Which not that these people James don't Gunn. know each other at all. They're they're already friends or family when the movie starts. James Gunn, it's obviously James. Oh yeah, Gunn. obviously James Gunn. Um, I, yep. I thought of him almost immediately, but just because I think of him for anything, I think he'd be great. <laughs> like he turned he, what he turned Guardians into. And what he continues to make out of Guardians is amazing, um, and so I would be happy to see him uh, make make a make a Fantastic Four movie. I mean, especially with the Fantastic Four's uh, their their focus on the cosmic universe. You know, they they're true. like a cosmic scale team. Like that's that would be uh, and, you know a slam dunk. Yeah, James putting James, James Gunn, James Gunn in would there. be a slam dunk for sure. Just in general, uh, for sure. No, Give no, him anything; he'll no. make it great. Casting, casting wise, who we who we looking at? Who's a good uh, human torch? Uh, Chris Evans or Michael B. Jordan would be, both be great. Um, yeah, <laughs> bo- both previous torches would be wonderful. Um, you just yep. need that young, like uh, excited energy of, of, of the young Johnny Storm. How old yep. is he supposed to be when this uh, when the accident happens in the comics? Twenties, uh, like maybe. He's, yeah, he's supposed to be. If I recall correctly, he's like late teens, early twenties. So the thing when that happens, the thing I feel like you got to capture with him is the fun of being a superhero. Yeah, he's the one that enjoys. He's the it. showboat of the group. Yeah. So like, yeah. who who who's who's a good like 
you know, showboaty, I'm having a good old time guy in his 20s. See, maybe this is where, I, this is where I'm... Zach Efron. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I'm worried that Marvel would do that. Oh, man, now you got me thinking in, the, in, the, in that vein of the people. Oh, Zach Efron. Uh, Zach Efron's... I just haven't liked anything he's done um, since, like, uh, that one where he changed it, the old man swap places, him and... Uh, What's that movie where he goes? He he becomes young again, seventeen again. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, I liked. I think so. I liked that movie, but that's the the only thing I've ever liked from Zac Efron. All these weird comedies <laughs> he's been making, I just don't. I don't ever buy him as the character. He's just like Zac Efron. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's tough because uh, it's it's hard for me to think of of that many. You know. <laughs> You got me thinking in that vein, though that 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 era of movie or that that segment of movies. Yeah, I like mean, Dave it's Fra- got to be Dave a young. Could be cool. Yeah, I like Dave it's got to be a young actor. Yeah, I like Dave Franco, who's also in a lot of the most movies with him. Um, but I don't know that he's great. I know him. Johnny Storm. He does seem to have like yeah. I could see he has sort of the uh, the the sort of bimbo vibe that I could see being good for Johnny Storm. <laughs> Yeah. Um uh, who would who else? God, I had it I had his face in my head and now it's gone. Uh you know, Chris Pine would be fun. As uh Johnny Storm? Yeah. He's too old. He's too though. old now, but I could definitely see it I could definitely see him as a younger man doing that. Um <laughs> So many Chris's would be good. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, that that's why we have to get Chris Pine. Yeah. So we have to add another Chris to the MCU. Yeah, totally. Um, yep. It's perfect. It's hard. It's hard because I'm trying to think of people I've seen in these movies, and they're all in Marvel movies already. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Reed Richards. Who we got in Reed Richards? Oh, we gotta have somebody who's like flawless using jargon. Um, and and could pull off being the smartest man in the room. Hmm. In any room. World. Hmm. We should, we should have prepared these. Um, yeah, we should have. <laughs> You're going to do a lot of editing to cut out all this dead space, uh, right? Well, it hasn't been that much up till now. Uh, but hitting Reed Richards, <laughs> I don't know who I would go with. I just keep trying to, I just keep thinking of how he looks, and that's not a good way to gauge who the character is. Reed Richards needs to be just like, I keep going back to Ian Griffith. He needs to be like a stable figure who they trust and Mm -hmm. they trust Mm -hmm. his mind. And they, they, he's just like, he's a good leader. Um, now you talked about Mad Men. I could see like a John Hamm in that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he looks like him. He does kind of look like him. Uh, Given that little bit of gray in the side, I could totally see John Hamm being. Yeah, and, and, and I had something about him, I could see him stretching too. Like he just has sort of a, yeah. <laughs> like he's got that stretchy look to him. He does have a bit of a stretchy look to him. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna say John Hamm. Yeah, um, and I'm I like that one. Pull from one of our listeners last week, Sue Storm. I'm gonna go with uh, that Admiral's daughter from Star Trek Into Darkness. Alice Eve. Alice Eve, yeah. She was great, and and she does really look the part. Yeah, she does. Really, really looks the part. Um, 
And then our last has been grim. Of, Why of, has it been so grim? And, and of course, <laughs> Doctor Doom. Um, you don't have to have Doctor Doom. Don't. In... I kind of wish you wouldn't in the first one. I, I wish the first one would yeah. be more about them as a family. Like, what if it wasn't even a villain? Like, what if it's the, about them learning to not be monsters? Um, <laughs> like, because that's kind of the, the story of that. Is like the the Fantastic Four story is about them. Like, really, they, they should be sort of like horrified by the this accent and then they learn to help you know and maybe they just like yeah. maybe there's just a, like how can we turn this around to be good may, i could see like a like a marvel um what if there's like this this is stupid but like 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 a marvel style like geostorm or like san andreas where like uh you have you have the 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 smarts of mr of mr reed uh richards figuring out there's going to be some sort of catastrophe and they use their powers to help, like, just save people for, like, the last, the last like, 45 minutes of the movie, instead of being a big fight sequence with a swirling monster, could just be them saving people, you know? I don't think that would work out very well because of the facelessness of it. It's not a, like, disaster movies don't do well. And, yeah, if you put more character development into the main cast, it would be better. But, like... The reason the second half of Daredevil season two didn't work very well is because there wasn't like a, a central figure to hate. Sure, I, you know I, the hand as an organization wasn't a great thing. Maybe so, like a faceless, like let's try to save the world from this like catastrophe right. of weather. Like, wouldn't I don't think that would work out very well. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't think you always need a villain. Um, at least you don't always need a villain that's like. Directly opposed to the hero as like this villain is the same power level and looks the same and also is a super powered being. I mean, like like uh, in maybe you have someone who ca- is causing the problem. You have Zemo in Civil War. He was he was yeah. a great villain and he wasn't faceless, but he also like wasn't really the thing to fight in the end. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, like something like that would be yeah, awesome like a guy because behind that, the that makes it more cerebral. Yeah, but then then you're looking at, but you know the studio would want Doctor Doom, <laughs> but see that's the, that's the right. I feel like this exact line of thinking um, is how you get to the Doctor Doom from Tranks thing where like he's not really a Doctor Doom. The, the studio wants you to have Doctor Doom, but instead you want this background villain. So Doctor Doom's a hacker now, like <laughs> you uh. know. I feel like it's exactly how that sort of thing happens, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who who I'd use for villain. I'm I'm gonna reserve my Doctor Doom. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, talk. somebody who who could have like weather manipulation type powers would be, you know, that that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, and I'm sure there's someone in the in the MCU or in the Marvel universe that like that that we could they could pull from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, offhand, there's the the guy who. Uh, tried to manipulate the weather in agents of shield and ended up getting powers from that. Uh, there's a guy named Albert Potter who, uh, is his alter ego is hurricane. Uh, he was doing experiments in, in hurricanes and, you know, was bathed in strange energies like they always are. (laughs) Um, he was a captain Britain enemy though, which I mean, would be easy to just be like, who the fuck, who cares about captain Britain? Like (laughs) put him on fantastic four or, uh, you know, they had a, a big bout with Super Skrull. Um, 
they the scrolls would be a great villain for them to first fight. Yeah. And I mean they had their the scrolls first showed up in a Fantastic Four comic. Yeah, I know it. And, and they they got them turned into cows. It'd, it'd be <laughs> neat. I, I think Doctor Doom just hasn't been done right yet, and I think I could I could be fine skipping Doctor Doom for the first um for a little bit. First couple of stories they get to they get told. <laughs> first first couple. I mean, then there's also the all the cosmic threats, you know? You've got the Annihilation Wave with Annihilus. Uh, you've got Galactus, if they could ever pull Galactus off correctly. Yeah, I mean, it's um, a tricky, he's a tricky one to pull off. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to pull from from Fantastic Four back catalog that's not Doctor Doom. All right, so just, just, just to get this last one in, who's, who's our Ben Grimm? Who's our Ben Grimm? Uh, I'm going to say Seth Rogen. Ooh, I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Yep. <laughs> he has a great voice for it. He's got a great voice for it. He's honestly his timing is amazing. You know what? Speaking of writing and directing it, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're really good at putting a family together. Uh <laughs> Um, like I hate, I hate to admit that, but yeah, that makes sense. No, they're they're wonderful at making like, you know, even just a group of teenagers trying to get laid, like make them feel like a family, because so yep. many of their uh, their people are like that. Um, now I just want now this is just, this is a really bad idea, but I don't I, if if he's directing it, I probably don't want him in it. Um, but but yeah, Evan Goldberg and um, Seth Rogen would not be bad choice for writing and directing. <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty great at that like i think a preacher who you've got like a vampire a preacher and this girl and by the end of the first season they feel like a family you know <laughs> so <laughs> yep yep that's uh that's perfect pretty solid <laughs> there it is there's the movie you're welcome <laughs> i do like i do like ben Grimm as seth rogan okay that's good yep. good good we we set we settled that one yeah, there we go. It's done. <laughs> no more discussion to be had on that one. Uh, let's see. Next up, Omar Amalia said, Maybe it's my Jewish heritage that I want to keep Magneto tied to the Holocaust. Maybe I believe that we must remember our history to keep ourselves from repeating it. But I have a simple solution with some comic science. We all know gravity can impact time. And Magneto controls a form of magnetic gravitational fields, so simply his meddling with magnetism impeded his aging process and "quote unquote" ruined his internal clock. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, that that's a great bit of like comic book science to make that work. I still think exactly like I said earlier with uh, the earlier um, listener who wrote in about him just aging slowly. Um, uh, same same exact problems. Like you still have like and a different character. I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. You could do it, uh, but you do change the character inherently just by having them be that old. Yeah, just a different vibe to a to a Magneto who's 130. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe he's undergone some sort of process to keep himself in the fight and keep himself young. Right. But all of, all of this serum. still explains like, it's still like, 
alludes to the fact that the fight was going on 130 years ago, or whatever, you know, or not even yeah. 130, like however long ago. He's been fighting forever. <laughs> yeah, it just it just it all it all alludes to it all changes the nature of the relationship between Professor X and Magneto, and how long they've been around, and like where, yeah. at what point the fight is happening, you know, what point all this is happening in the history. Um, at what point does he give up on being a bad guy and join the X-Men? Yeah, because even in comics, like as he gets older, he seems to sort of soften and join the X-Men. Um, and I think that would eventually happen. It's just like when you're 130, that's probably not happening. Like, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> just a different vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, The um, thinking about it, the elves in Lord of the Rings always had a different feel when they were older elves. Yeah. Uh, it, it's It's just the nature of aging and like... That's why these like vampires, like you watch you watch Buffy and Angel on Buffy, and it's like Angel's, however many hundreds of years old, two three hundred years old, and just he he looks like a teenager. He often acts like a teenager. Uh, he not really. Uh, that's, that's probably an exaggeration. Um, he he gets infatuated like a teenager, uh, but you just mm-hmm. know there's a different. You take things differently because he's so old. Um, right. You just you trust him more. There's a certain amount of wisdom you like apply to him just because he's older, um, and I think that's sort of fair to do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. James Hewing said to us on Facebook, "Just had a thought. In the X Men '90s cartoon, didn't Rogue get her powers of strength and flight from Miss Marvel? Good reason why Captain Marvel is isn't around for a bit." Also, think they should start X Men uh, with an incursion. Uh, from their universe or X-Men Evolution style with a core cast and then adding members through various movies, either solo or team. This would lead to AVX. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a good way to give her powers, except I don't think I just don't think they made the deal in time. I think she's going to be in a coma for some other totally different reason. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened to uh, Carol Danvers in the comics, if I recall correctly, is that uh, when Rogue was young... She joined Mystique in her little brotherhood offshoot, and they came into conflict with Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, uh, and uh, Rogue ended up touching her and absorbing her powers, but she absorbed so much of her power that she started to absorb her, uh, her personality and memories as well, and that's what changed her into wanting to be a good person, but she also gets racked with these bouts of... Uh, of having those memories pop back up, and that's what put Carol, uh, put Carol into a coma as well. So, yeah. yes, that's, so that's how, how it happened in the comics, if I recall correctly, but that wouldn't be able to happen immediately in movies. So, great idea. Yeah. Not let's, sure let's just table it for now, it. and we'll see what happens. So, let's see. Next up, uh, Nathaniel Muzzy said to us on Facebook, Cloak and Dagger sneak peek looks similar to Runaways. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in too. Yeah. Uh, Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, if Marvel made a movie out of the Marvel's comic book by Kurt Busiek, Josh Trank would be a perfect director. Yes, he directed The Trainwreck, a uh, Fantastic Four movie, but he also directed Chronicle, which is one of my favorite superhero movies. I don't know anything about the Kurt Busiek comics. Me either. Do you? Actually. Okay. Um, so we can't really comment on the Kurt Busiek of it all, but um, I don't think Josh Trank should be in movie jail forever. Uh, I think he had <laughs> some. Uh, it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of. Um, 
There's a lot of speculation as to what happened on the set of that movie. Some people say it's all Josh Trank and him being crazy. And some people say it's uh, the studio really messing with his cut and taking the movie away from him and reshooting big portions of it and changing the ending and like all that, all that kind of just, you know, studio meddling stuff. And so I just don't know. I don't know what Josh Trank had in mind for the Fantastic Four movie, but I just, as I said earlier, I think I said this exact thing is I don't think he's, he was ever a good fit for Fantastic Four because I don't think he knows how to make a family style movie. Yeah. Which is like, you think about building these characters and you got to think about what is the core of each of these characters. And so when you think about Iron Man, you think about what is the core of Iron Man? Why do I want to watch Iron Man? And I think the, the, the answer is he's a smooth talking, uh, sort of like playboy who has superpowers and is totally excited and cool with it. You know, uh, that's at least that's the version that we got in the in, in the movies, and and so they got the guy who made Swingers, you know, like yep. <laughs> they got they 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 went out and sought a director who makes the core of that movie work, and I think that's so much of their success is making the core of the movies work. These characters, and so especially in the first one when you've got to establish that character, um, and I think for the Fran- for the Fantastic Four, it's all about the f- making that family feel like a family. Uh, yeah. Making people that are not family in the beginning feel completely like family at the end. Um, yeah. Okay, it looks like the uh, the book that he's talking about or the the run that he's talking about uh, is set in. It's just called Marvels. Uh, it was set in 1939 to 1974 ish time period. Um, it examines the Marvel Universe, uh, the collective setting of most of Marvel's superheroes. From the perspective of an everyman character called Phil Sheldon, like his name is Phil Sheldon, huh. um, and it's like it starts with like the origin of the original Human Torch, who uh, fought in World War II with Captain America, yeah, um, the android, and um, you know continues through to 1974, just kind of detailing other costume supermen and you know events that uh, that have happened in in the marvel verse but from the perspective of somebody not powered interesting yeah it's That's pretty cool, cool. yeah and, and that does sound like something that trank could do well <laughs> making yeah. it every man and like that's when even the fantastic four movies the moments that worked the trank fantastic four the moments that worked were the moments that it's just like two young boys in their garage working on building something. And that's like, turns out it's Reed Richards and Ben Grimm. But like those, those moments felt really cool. And it's, it's that every man quality. I think he's good at that. And I think absolutely. Um, if that's the Busiek stuff that, uh, uh, he's talking about, then yeah, absolutely. That comic sounds up trank, Sally. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's one of the things that I liked about Chronicle is that it felt like a, uh, as far as like, in regard to that comic, uh, it it seems like it's just told from the perspective, or like it's found footage or something like that. Like it's told in that perspective, because uh, in Chronicle everything was was shown on a video camera, like from the perspective of a video camera, not yeah. from a person's perspective. So that would be uh, a similar thing with it, you know, being a photographer, like a news photographer uh, who you know works through thirty nine to seventy four. You know, from his perspective, that I think that that would work. 
I think that would definitely work. Anyway, uh, next up, Findlay Thompson, a.k.a. at Humbugged. <laughs> uh, says, at MCU cast, afternoon, guys. Did you see all the stuff about Chloe Bennett's road trip to, uh, I guess it's San Francisco, SF, with Olivia Holt and Greg Sulkin? Uh, no, I did not. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know who Olivia Holt and Greg Sulkin are. Do you? I see that. I, I, I said they, I, said, I looked up the article and... It's just that, that those three went to San Francisco together for some reason. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and and some people are speculating it might be Marvel-related. But I, I don't even know who Greg Sulskin and Olivia Holt. Olivia Holt sounds familiar. Uh, they are... Greg Sulkin is um, Chase Stein. Oh. And Olivia Holt is... Um, Tandy Bowen, that's the character name. God, I don't know why it took so long. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, t- she's uh, going to be Tandy Bowen. She's the, the blonde girl, the blonde girl thief. So, okay, so so what we've got here is one is from, they're going to San Francisco. We've got the girl from Run, uh, the girl from Cloak and Dagger, uh, a guy from Runaways, and some, and... Uh, and Quake. And Quake, all going to San Francisco together for some reason we don't know. It sounds um, like the beginning of a joke. It does, uh, but that does sound like it would be really rad if they if they tie all those together. Yeah, it, yeah. W- it will mean that all that happens in the same universe. It would because, um, like, you've got Agents of Shield on ABC, you've got uh, the Runaways on Hulu, and uh, Freeform is where uh, Cloak and Dagger is going to be. Which I mean, it's supposed to be technically ABC Family, and Disney has. At this point, I think like a 40% stake in Hulu or something like that. Like, they'll have a controlling stake yeah, once the Fox deal goes the, through. Deal goes through. Uh, yeah, so I think this is all... That's rad. I don't know if... It, it could just be them going somewhere for some promotional purposes or whatever, but it'd be awesome if they're filming something that will lead to a crossover. Yeah. That would God, be rad. that would be awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't think that they would be filming something yet that would be crossover-y. Um, just because, like, Cloak and Dagger hasn't hit yet, and The Runaways just ended. Sure. So I don't I don't think it's time for, you know, crossover stuff like that just yet. But, God, it would be, it would be awesome. It bodes well that they're all becoming friends. Yeah. Uh, it looks like maybe, all... maybe they see the writing on the walls, and they're just like, all right, let's go ahead and just, you know, get friendly. Yeah. Um, Randy, uh, at RandySF45 on Twitter, says... Uh, this movie is going to be bigger than anyone expects. Suspects. Anyone suspects. And he linked to an article uh, about a, uh, a New York man who raised funds to send a bunch of young inner city children to see Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and I think he's right, man. I think he's right. I think this movie is going to really break through in a way that... Because it's going to have the same support of all of us regular... Uh, you know, Marvel fans. But then on top of that, you've got this cultural moment similar to what you have with, um, with Wonder Woman for women. Uh, yeah, you were, we're going to have finally a black superhero at the forefront, a black superhero. That's not just, it's not, it's not even like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not as black exploitation sort of thing. It's not like, it's uh, not like Luke Cage was when he first came out in comics. Right. It's like, it's a strong black man who is in control in the place of power. He's the leader of the country. Leader of a country that is 
far technically superior to our own. Like, I, I yeah. it's, it's just a totally different sort of take on a black superhero. Um, I, I'm just happy that Black Panther is getting his due because Black Panther is so fucking cool. Yeah. Well, we're we're I'm, I'm really excited that excited for that, and I do think that the, the cultural moment is going to be huge. Um, again, this is a referencing Fat Man on Batman again this week. Um, with Fat Man on Batman, uh, his co-host uh, is a black man. And, Mark Bernardin. Yeah, Mark Bernardin is black. And he said that he was walking through the mall uh, and a man walked by him. And they, they <laughs> he talks about the nod that black people give each other. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, I'm black, you're black. Here we, we're, we're in this together sort of nod. And he said he was walking by, and the kind of kind of came to that normal moment where the black guy gives the other black guy the nod, as it were. Right. Um, and instead, the guy said, 14 days till Black Panther." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny! Isn't that funny? It's like, and then Mark Bernardin started joking. That's like the new nod. It's yep. like instead of just instead of it's just how far until Black Panther is like for the next fourteen days. That's how black people are going to greet each other. Um, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Really, really funny. Um, is it fourteen days? I don't no. know what it was. It was it's three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks yeah. from today. Three Holy shit! Today. It's three weeks from today. That's crazy. That is oh my god! Insane. <laughs> ah, I'm so excited. <laughs> man, I am too, man. And then it's less than 100 days until Avengers Infinity War? That's pretty crazy. Matt, this is insane. Yep. Like, what is, what's happening to There's my life? There's no way and I'm then... fitting in that Star-Lord coat. <laughs> There's no way. I bought a Star-Lord uh, coat. Yeah. I was going to go as Star-Lord regardless, whether I lose the weight or not. But uh, I'm not getting to that Star-Lord coat weight. I guess maybe if I don't eat between now and 100 days... I might get there. Yeah, just water. Just, just all water. All water from for the next hundred days. You could do exactly what uh, what Chris Pratt did. You know, follow the Star Lord thing, because like he he's got a video. Yeah, no, yeah, but he had like log. The, tr- truth be told, Chris Pratt had um, an amazing transformation. Amazing, but the guy lost like forty pounds. I've got a little more than that to lose. <laughs> Yeah. So the same exact thing wouldn't do that for me in, in 100 days. But yep. the um, thing is, though, with him, like he lost 40 pounds, but he also stacked on a shitload of muscle. Sure, 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 sure. Not, not, not saying anyway, but I'm saying he was starting at a much closer to Star-Lord weight than I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is all I'm, getting, all I'm saying. Yeah, his body composition was already pretty close. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he, not even that. I wouldn't say that. He still he, he did a, an amazing transformation, like I said. But I'm just saying, like, he started with uh, a lot less extra than I have. But uh, That's fair. But, but we'll, 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 you know, I'm still going to give it a shot. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for me that, you know, we made that, uh, that commitment or bet or whatever. Like, I don't have a gym membership anymore now that I moved down here. And oh. I work, I work an hour away from home. So it's a lot more difficult to uh, find the time to like not be abandoning abandoning the kids sure. uh, to go to the gym and everything. So like I'm trying to find a place where like I can go to the gym and they can hang out or um, you know something can be done or maybe I can involve them in it. And it I keep coming back to like I need to build my own power rack in the garage. Yeah, totally. 
like I need to build my own power rack and then get weights. But then I look at the cost of weights and like a good weight set, like 260 pounds, not even really enough to like fully get my bench going is like $500. You can do better on a... I can just get paint cans and just Bruce no, Willis man, it up. No, you can do better online. Uh, Craigslist that. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that's where that's how I found my weight set. And you got you know, obviously you you have loftier goals than I've ever had for weightlifting, but uh, you can still find uh, for about 50 cents a pound. I've found online. You can find people selling them on Craigslist and stuff. Yeah, you'll have to obviously find the actual bench and the like a, a powerful enough bench to hold that much weight and a bar to hold that much weight. But the weight itself, you can find people always selling that stuff on Craigslist for pretty cheap. Um, I've, I've bought a few few collections of people selling stuff like that uh, over the years, and I've got a little set here. Um, yeah, my problem is I need to lose. I'm not really trying to stack on weight. I'm trying to just lose weight. Um, so cardio is what I want to be doing, but I've had this broken toe for three weeks and I can't, I can barely like, uh, kind of walk normally, much less get out and run or, or even use it in the elliptical, like kills my toe. So yeah, um, I haven't it's been able to do, basically I've been completely cardio list for like three weeks now, the, the whole three weeks that I've been trying to, you know, the, the uh, new year's Eve hit and I was trying to do like a new year's Eve resolution type deal. And uh, and then you break your toe. Yeah, well, I broke my toe right before <laughs> New Year's, and so I haven't been able to do any any exercise, um, really. So, gotta get back. Nah, man, curls. That. Get on it. What now? Curls. Do curls. Just uh, yeah. constant fast curls. Just to build. If you do it fast enough, it becomes cardio. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, you just do Tabata, upper body Tabata. All right. I don't know what Tabata is. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm in. All right. Yeah, I, I've thought about getting some sort of upper body. They even have like they have arm bikes. Uh, oh yeah, you can yeah. Just, like, you're, you're basically doing cardio with just your arms, but it just seems stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like, I have a big elliptical in there. Um, I really want to just get on it, but I my my toe is so messed up. Yeah, that it is difficult. Gotta, you gotta do something, man. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all of our feedback and all of our is news. It? Yeah. Oh, okay. For today. Um, well, all right. Uh, yeah. So thanks everybody for writing in. Thanks for all the all the good comments. Uh, we are going to be, uh, you know, with you guys a lot more coming up in these next few weeks. Got a lot yeah. of cool stuff. Got a lot of cool stuff coming. We got some commissioned episodes. We got some punisher wrap-up we need to do we never did the punisher wrap-up um, oh shit and now that we right uh we're gonna be caught up on shield after this week so we'll, we'll get back to get back to some of that extra extra stuff that we we want to do and we got black panther in a couple weeks so woo. oh man so excited it's so exciting all right man so, well uh thank you guys check us out at mcucast.com if you need to reach us at all uh support the show at patreon.com slash mcucast um, we'll be back with you very, very soon. Until next time, true believers. Uh-huh.